0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning. Welcome to Sunday morning. I feel like I haven't been here for a whole year, a long time. Do you remember the the message that I gave five weeks ago? Let's see how good your memory is. The happy life. The reason why I remember is because today I want to talk to you about the better life. So this morning I want to look at uh, the better life with you, and I thank God that you've come. This morning, you know, you're here this morning and I believe everyone that's sitting down this morning is here because God has permitted and allowed you to be here. The seat that you're sitting on at the moment was prepared for you before you were even born to be sitting down to listen to God's word, believe it or not. Every second that goes by in our lives was ordained by God. There isn't anything that happens that's outside of God's control. So you are here because, uh, not because you chose to come, but because God's appointed this time for you to listen to this to listen to this, to this message. I don't know uh, who you are and I don't know where you're at, but I know God does. So if you come believing in your heart that um, you're willing to receive from the Lord, God will make himself known to you. He won't uh, send you off without having spoken to you about something quite significant about your life. So we come by faith this morning believing. believing. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father in heaven... You are still in control. There isn't anything that happens in our life, Lord God, that you don't take a hold of. I pray, Lord God, that this morning that you would speak to every person that has committed themselves to this Sunday to come, to listen, to hear. I pray, Father, that you would reveal yourself to them in such a way that they would know that you are God and that you are alive And in spite of how dark and cold and lost this world gets, Lord God, that you are sovereign, that you are calling people from all different parts of this life to come to know you. You are opening eyes, you are healing the sick, you are drawing people. And I pray, Father, if there's anyone in this room that you are calling and that you are drawing, that you would make it known this morning that they would come to know you You would strengthen your church, Father. Build your church upon your word, we pray. Cast the devil away from this place for this hour, Lord God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'd like to talk to you this morning from a very special chapter and from two very special women. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. I've got to get out of the habit of saying um, this is a very important verse, or, you know, this is a very significant passage. Because I find every single verse in the Scriptures is very, very significant. Very, very important. Especially this one here. It holds a lot of truths, and if I think Christians were to absorb it and take it, they would actually uh, fulfill the Christian life. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Now it came to pass that as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen that better part, that better way, that better option. I find it very interesting. I don't know the dynamics between Mary and Martha. I don't know how, uh, the dynamics between uh, these two ladies. I know the dynamics between siblings, and I know the, the envy or the jealousy or the fights or the, or the issues that some siblings may have. And I don't know whether Mary and Martha had those similar things. But it seems to me that Martha, when she invited Jesus, that she had something on her mind. She wanted to serve the the one who claimed to be the son of God. She wanted him to be in her own house and that she would have the privilege or the honour to basically serve him. And that was her objective, that was her purpose and it was her that actually invited him into her house. But when that happened, it wasn't what she expected. It it, it didn't turn out the way she, she had hoped for. Maybe she had hoped that he was going to show her much attention. Maybe she had hoped that she was going to get some kind of glory. I don't know. But whatever happened wasn't what she had expected. To the point where when she's invited the guest, she's actually demanded of the guest to do a certain thing. Have you ever invited someone into your house and then told that guest to do something for you? Because you're quite disappointed with the event that's taken place. So she demands of Jesus that he tells her sister to help her serve. And there's nothing wrong with that request, is there? But Jesus reveals a greater truth, a deeper truth, a very important truth, that if every Christian understood this, they'd actually enjoy their Christian life a lot better. Or they'd actually understand what it is to live as a Christian. And Jesus said, no way. I'm not going to do that. Why would I neglect or or, or deny such a greater part of what she's doing? She's doing the best part. I'd rather this than what you're doing. Now, I don't know the frustrations that were going on in her head, the temptations, the, the, you know, the kind of things that she, every time she came to the table, she put the, the, the meal, the plate down, and there's Mary looking at him like, a, like puppy eyes. And she would look at Mary and... And then she'd go back into the kitchen, she'd cut a few things up, and then she'll come out again. And, she's, and, she's, and Mary's giggling or laughing or being fascinated by the stories that Jesus is telling and Martha's thinking to herself, oh man, I, just, I was the one who invited him. You know, at least I could have sat down, and I, I, mean, I, could have, I could have been here listening to this, not, why doesn't Mary just help me so I can get this job done and then we can both sit at Jesus' feet? Well, that's quite reasonable. I mean, surely Jesus could have understood this, like, you know, there's nothing, I'm not asking too much, let her help me, let her help me, and then we both sit at Jesus' feet. But not so the case with Christ. There was no compromise in this matter. He doesn't say to her, "Um, okay, Mary, look, just help your sister and come back, I'll continue. He doesn't do that because he sees the significance of every word that drips from his mouth. Every single thing that he says is significant and important. Anyone who wants to come close and sit at my feet to speak this, they have chosen the better part of life. So much so that he would rather that than you go and serve him. So much so that he would rather that than you becoming a missionary, a pastor, a preacher, a teacher, a Sunday school person, that the greater part, the most important part, or the better part of life is that you sit down at the feet of Jesus and hang at every word. And I reckon that's what happened with Mary. She literally hung on every word of Jesus Christ. For Mary, she had no time to be in the kitchen to serve. Now, by nature, all of us here, if we were to look at the circumstance and and analyze the situation as religious people, we would say that Martha is such a holy person. Oh, let's applaud Martha. Look what she's done. She's serving Jesus Christ. And we'd all encourage one another, go and serve. And unfortunately, that's the situation in churches today. Serve God, serve God, do this, do that, become this, and go to Bible study, whatever, just serve God, that's your greatest purpose. No, it's not. The better part is to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ and get to know Jesus. That's the better part. That's the better. How beautiful is it? He's not calling you to go all the way to Tibet. <laughs> He's not calling you to go all the way to the Vatican. He's calling you to stay right here and sit at my feet. Don't get up, don't move, don't go anywhere. Don't let the devil lie to you and say that you've got to do this and you've got to do that to find yourself pleasing in my eyes. All I desire is that you hang on every word that I say. All I desire is that you want to be with me. All I desire is that you want to talk and listen and talk and listen and sit with me. That is the better part. And sometimes as Christians, we lose track of that because we move into life and the the modern monotony and and, the routines. And and we're still Christians at the back of our head. I'm still a Christian. I'm still a Christian. I go to church. I read my Bible. I go to Bible studies. I'm still a Christian. But we never really sit and just enjoy Jesus. That's the better life. I just just want to enjoy Jesus. I just want to sit down. That's Mary's heart. That's what Jesus saw straight. He goes, and I'm not going to take this from her no way what do you want me to do Martha cause a bit of a, 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 an obstacle a hindrance to the very heart that beats for me right now what do you want me to put up the TV the radio what do you want me to do tell her to get up break this beauty of presence what do you want me to do I will not take this from her and this is the, the story of the Christian life when anyone who comes to Jesus Christ all they want they don't think oh Lord I want to go become a missionary to India when they first come to Jesus <laughs> do they Oh, I don't know. Maybe some people say, "Oh Lord, I want to be a great man. That's why I'm coming to you. I want to be a great person. I want to change the world. That's why I'm coming to you." If that's, if that's how it is, it's unfortunate. But if you come to Jesus, look, I want to come to you because you and your presence is beauty. I just want to sit at your feet. I just want to know the living God. I want to know everything about you. I, want, I tell my students that the greatest of all studies is the study of God. And whether it's at Bible college or whether it's at home in your closet, it's the study of God. What is there better than studying God? And that's what God wants. He wants you to study Him, dissect Him. Do what you need to do to get to the heart of who He is. And if you do that, there is no way that God's going to cast you out or shun you out. He's going to draw you deeper. He's going to draw you closer. It's us that look for other things of spiritual experience that makes us feel a lot better about ourselves. I, you know, I've read the whole Bible over a few times, you know, and I've, I've, I've preached a thousand messages I've, you know, because it gives us this sense that I'm close to Jesus, but it's a false sense I'm close to Jesus. A really good definition of being close to Jesus is enjoying Christ with all your life and there is no greater enjoyment than Him. Do you reckon? Yes. To enjoy Jesus and Christ and be happy enjoying Him is the greatest and better part of life, the greater part of life. And I reckon there's very few Christians that can say that. I mean, I reckon there's Christians who who say it but don't really understand it because we're most miserable if we're not on holidays we're most miserable if we don't get a pay rise, we're most miserable when I've got to go to work again, we're most miserable when I... But to the one who is content in just having Jesus and taking delight in Christ and Christ alone, has chosen the better part of life. They can be wherever they, they are, they've taken a hold of the better part of life. Now, What's the problem with that? What, I mean, we all, I know we all desire to do, have that. I know right now you're listening to me, you're going, oh my heart, I just, I, want, I know this. So why don't you achieve it? Why aren't you there? Why don't you stay sitting at Jesus' feet and enjoying him? I'll tell you why. Because you're like Martha. You take much great thought and care of other things than those things that are found at the foot of Christ. She laboured and cumbered hard. She was careful about everything. She wasn't careless. She took great effort. But this effort and this work <laughs> caused her to lose her peace. And it was her anxieties and her fears that took her away from the foot of Christ. And it's so-so with Christians. It is your anxieties and your fears about your current life that cause you to get off your feet up and do what you need to do to take away those insecurities and make yourself more comfortable, where all along you should have stayed at the foot of Jesus. Like, for example, I need to do work, don't I? Right? I have to go to work, don't I? So how am I going to feed my family, right? So I need that pay rise, don't I? Because if I don't get that pay rise, I'm going to pay my mortgage, right? So I'm, look, I need that break, don't I? So if I don't get a break, I don't get my holiday, don't I? So all these anxieties and fears and all these things that I have to do to serve, to serve, to serve. I'm serving, right? But I'm not, not found sitting at the foot of Jesus. These fears and anxieties in your life are the very things that steal your Peace. Let me share with you what this journey looks like. You remember when the Jews, the Israelites, left Egypt and they wandered through the wilderness, right? For 40 years, they wandered, right? Yes? And they get finally to the promised land. But they don't go in straight away because they suss it out. They have to look to see if it's, it's, it's okay and, it, and it's good. And what I find interesting is that this passage is found in Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 to 2. I'll read it. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. I don't know if it's... Not that kind of great verse. You think, well, well there's no really... You know, okay, God is telling... There's so much in this verse, it's unbelievable. The first question you've got to ask is, why does God need to spy out the land? <laughs> does God need to take a peek to see what's going on? Why is God sending men out to spy out a land as though God didn't know? God doesn't know everything. He can't see what's happening. I want you to take the leader of every tribe... 12 of them, head by Joshua and Caleb, the great men. And I want you to seek and spy out this land. I find it interesting that the Israelites have come through a wilderness of desert, sun, heat, sweat, right? And they're doing this. They're going through this wilderness, working, toiling, moving forward, going through, listening, listening, through the dirt and dust, you know, because they want to get to the promised land. And they get to the promised land. They get to the and God says, "I want them to spy it out. Spy it out. As they're going to come back and give some information back to God. God needs to know. Why does God do that? He wants to see. He wants to see what do people desire. Not that he doesn't know, but he needs you to know. What do you desire? Do you desire the comforts of life? Do you desire the wilderness? Are you afraid? Do you get scared? Or do you trust me? So he sends out these spies and he knows everything and they go out and they look. And the place that he sends them is this place called Eskol, I think. Eskol. And this, this word Eskol means clusters, clusters. If you like, it means abundance. It's like going, it's like me saying to you, hey guys, I, wanna, I want you to go to a country called riches, riches gold i want you to go to a country called gold and then you go and you find gold like it's unbelievable and you go and you come back and you said we found gold it's it's extraordinary like nothing like it in our land of course because you travelled travel through the wilderness there's nothing like that and you come back with gold like you know let's go go get it let's go get it And you say no we can't why not because i'm scared my fears my anxieties life if I go, my life is not going to be the same, right? The giants, they're, they're, they're all the enemies all around the hills and the mountains. If I go, I'm gone. And sometimes it's like that with your Christian walk. There's the promised land, the eternal life that is given abundantly to you through Christ. A life and an experience where you sit at his feet and he maintains your peace and he holds you. But you can't do that because you've got things to do. And why do you have to do those things? Because, because if I don't do them, there's, you know... I've, you know, it's not comfortable. And so those things cause you anxiety, those things cause you stress, and you forget to do what God wants. See, at my feet, there's abundance of riches, there's clusters, there's prosperity. There's the promised land. Oh, I can't become a Christian. If I become a Christian, my friends will laugh at me. There's fears. Oh, I can't become a Christian. If I become a Christian, my boss will sack me. There's fears. So I stay in the wilderness. What were the words of the Israelites when they were commanded uh, to go, go, go into, the, go into this, this place of prosperity, this place of beauty, this place of peace, this place of abundance, the, the, the presence of God. That's all types, they're all pictures. What was their response? Listen to what they say. They said this, And wherefore has the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt. Isn't that better? That's the better life, isn't it? Isn't, it's, a be, it's the better life not to pursue Jesus. It's the better life not to go after him. That's right. I'm telling you guys, every step you take towards Jesus Christ is going to call you to choose which is the better step. Every minute of your life is a decision that you take and you make towards Christ to demonstrate your faith. And God is sending spies out into into tomorrow and looking and seeing the fears that come against you. And God is looking to see faithful men who say, I choose the better life at the cost of my own life. And that's true because Jesus says, if you lose your life, you will gain it. I choose the better life at the cost of my own. I can't get to the resurrection unless I go through the cross. The better life. I've come to give you life and life abundantly. But what do you get to choose? Well, I can't. I can't follow Jesus. they laugh at me. I can't do this. It's radical. They think I'm crazy. I can't follow this way. They think I'm mad. So I stick with this life of doubt, confusion, anxiety. I never get the clusters of grapes, the pomegranates, the figs, because I'm scared. I'm scared if I go there, they're going to destroy me. And I'm telling you, the Christian life has to be like this, and it is like this, until someone rises up and says, I'll take a stand, and I'll move forward to Jesus, because to sit at the feet of Jesus is life. I'd rather die and have Jesus than live and not have him. In fact, the Bible's full of, of, of verses like this. Listen, listen to this. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred within. Better to have vegetables with love than have a banquet, a feast, of, you know, where there's hate. And God's calling you out of your hate. Psalm 37 verse 16, a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. This is the better life. Righteousness is far better than evil hearts. Proverbs 15, 16, better is a little with the fear of the Lord, little with the fear of the Lord, than great treasure and trouble within. Is this not the testimony of existence? Right? All the money in the world can't buy you peace. For God says, listen, better a little, but righteousness, love. That's the better life. Proverbs 12, 9. He that is despised but has a servant is better than he that, is, that honoureth himself and he lacks bread. And what great servant we have. Jesus Christ, the one who came to minister. Now, I don't know the heart of Mary. And I don't know what she was thinking and, and, and feeling. But I'm pretty sure that when she was listening to Jesus she the world was shut, shut up the dirty stares that martha was trying to give her i think mary just didn't see she was just caught up she was caught up her heart pulse raced cuz she had the better life and how easy we get deceived Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. This is the Christian jargon. Your loving kindness is better than life, that's why I'm praising you. For a day in the courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. It is a better life. But most of the time we're chasing the tents of wickedness. And we don't want to be a doorkeeper. We want to actually sit on the, the throne of, of the platform once we were inside the house. But I'm telling you, go chasing those things, you will be miserable. You'll be like Martha, looking at ways of serving God and being cumbered and, 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 and tired and, and I'm, I'm exhausted and I, I just can't do this anymore. So God says, stop. Stop. Why do you do this? I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared that my my securities are going to they're going to drop. I'm scared I'm going to lose everything. I'm scared my family is going to laugh at me. I'm sc- I'm scared that everyone's going to leave me. I'm scared. Well, then stay in the wilderness. Stay in the wilderness unless you rise up and go into the land where there's clusters. There's clusters. This is a life of faith that is totally dependent on the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, and, and, uh, Jesus encounters a man, and the Bible tells us quite beautifully, and I want to share this and I'll finish on this note, because I think it's very significant, where a rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, well, you know the commandments, you've been brought up in them. You know, you're a good Christian man, you're a good Jew you know what the Bible says, you know every Sunday morning you hear a message, you know what you have to do, don't you? He goes, yeah, yeah, I do, I've been doing it since I was young, I've been doing it since I was small, you know, all my life I've been doing it, I've heard Bibles after, sermons after sermons every Sunday morning. He goes, well, fantastic, awesome. Now, do you really want the better life? Do you really want the better life? That's really what he's saying to him. Do you want to fulfill all that, finish all that? Do you really want to know what it's all about? He goes, yeah, go on, tell me, what what is it all about? He goes, well, go and sell everything you have and follow me. See, he was happy to stick at Martha. You understand? He was happy to stick at Martha and just serve, 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 serve. I did this, I did that, I, served this, I did this. But that wasn't a life of peace. He walked, the Bible says he walked away sad. See, he was miserable. He goes, so do you want to be perfect? Do you want the better life? What do you got to do? do I've got, I got to leave everything. I've got to leave everything to follow Jesus. Right now, when I say leave everything to follow Jesus, a lot of stuff's going on in your head. You go, well, this, that, and this. What do you mean? What's he talking about? No, well, does, they, does he mean this? Does he mean that, that, that? It's very simple. Jesus said, unless you leave your life, lose it, but you can't find me. You won't, you, you, you won't have life. And this is the essence of Christian teaching. This is what you need to understand. We're living in a day and age where the words of God are no longer heard. You have to hear me here. This is the most important thing that you guys need to know in this church. You cannot be a Christian unless you've decided to leave everything to follow him. You cannot enjoy Jesus unless you've decided to leave everything and follow him. It means your self-righteousness. It means your religious works. It means all the stuff that you've done. It means everything. It It means your goodness. It means your niceness. Everything. You leave it all and you sit at the feet of Jesus and you trust in Christ and Christ alone. This is... The Christian life. Anything we add to that becomes a works. Anything we take away from that becomes shallow. But anything that we leave it as it is, God will not take it from us. You understand? I'm not, uh, this is where I want them to be. This is why I came. This is exactly. Now I want to show you something before I finish. And it's found here beautifully tucked away In Numbers, chapter 13, verse 17, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up into Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or if they're weak, whether they are few or if they're many, whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds. And whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not, listen, be of good courage. It's like me saying to you, listen, go out, go out, look around you, come back and tell me what you find in the land. Are the people out there strong? Are the people out there successfully, like, brilliant in their comforts and peace? Tell me, what are you go and find? I'm interested. Are they happy? Are they content with all their riches and money? Go out, go look, go, and then come back and tell me. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now, the time, and this is a beautiful path. This is the one I want to... Now, the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. God sends them out to spy out at a time, at a time where it was most beautiful. At that time, He sends them out. And God's timing is always perfect when He calls you. You understand? Whatever season you're in is most perfect when God calls you at that time. So when they went out, it was, it was God pr- prepared it. He planned it. He wanted to see how good it is. He wa- so he wanted them to see how good it is. And he wanted to see their faith activated. He wanted them to come back and say, let's go get it. And he encouraged them and says, be of good courage, go get it. But man dwindled because of their lack of faith. Only a very few of them, as the Bible tells us. Only a few strive and they find it. But those few that strive and they found it were able to to take others with them. And those that didn't want to go, which was most of the, the heads of the tribes, spoke to all the other people, said, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. It's really bad, it's really bad. And they influenced all the other ones. But who got to taste the fruits? Who got to see the land? Those who dared to go out in that season at God's timing. Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Don't say to yourself, tomorrow I'll come to God or tomorrow I'll commit myself. Don't do that. Today is the day of season. Today is the time of prosperity. I remember many people in the past that I've spoken to, wait till I get, I need to get married, wait till I find a relationship. Uh, one man said, no, no, I don't want to preach because if my son becomes a Christian and I bec- he, he won't prosper in his ways. I don't want to tell my son because I want him to focus on his work, school. I look back now and I look at all these men and and people who reject and I see where their life is at and I'm telling you, they're still in the wilderness. So when God calls you, it's always at the right season. I'll even even give you an example with, um, with what happened with Beck. So I just got off the plane from China. We got into the car and we drove straight to Adelaide. We got to Adelaide about 12 o'clock, 12 a.m., 6 a.m. in the morning, she woke up in pain. And so you think, whoa, like, you know, no time for rest. Like, I don't look at it. I didn't look at her like that. I thought, whoa, because she got rushed to hospital emergency. I thought, whoa, what season? What if I was in China? What if it happened on the way to Adelaide? She was in 24 hours of pain. I think, imagine on the way to Adelaide, imagine halfway through five hours, and she would have to endure five hours of pain. You see. But God knows in season, when he calls, it's in the right time. When he when he when he throws out whatever he needs to throw out to build your faith, it's perfect. We tend to go towards the negativity because we're, by nature, negative people. But God is calling you to a faith that is rich, that is abundant, that is prosperity. This is the prosperity. Not in money, but in the peace and the contentment and the righteousness of God and in Him alone. I guarantee you, 100%, if any of you found peace in Christ, you will find a better life. If you make him your source of life, most of everything that you ever worry about will just diminish. This is the better life. This is the life that the devil's lied to you about. This is the life that most of you listen to the voice of the devil and pursue that walk from day to day, day to day, day to day. God knows those that are his. And he's working in their lives and he's building them up. And there would be many of you in this room who also know the intimacy of Christ. If there's some of you in this room who don't know what is this better life, I'm calling you to come. Experience what Mary experienced. Don't hover around the the, the banquet table, you know, walking around trying, I serve Jesus, (laughs) plate down back into the kitchen, I serve God. Played down back to the kitchen and you're worrying why is my life like this? It's like people who serve in the church, oh why doesn't people pick up after themselves? Oh do I always have to move the, ta- the chairs around? No you don't, sit down, stop, don't do that don't do it sit at the foot of Jesus and do nothing but be at the foot of Christ with your life opened to him and him alone you got it? Let's bow heads and pray I think God took the Israelites into the wilderness to show them the depth of their separation from this promised land the, the, how far how far so that when they walked into the promised land they saw how great how great so some of you in your troubles and in your trials and you think oh man no one's this is so deep no one's ever well, maybe God wants to show you how great how great he is that he's able to pull you out of the pit. Stop blaming God and stop saying, why is my life like this? If it's really that bad, then move. Move into the promised land and see how good and strong and great God is. The Bible says that every mouth is going to be stopped in the kingdom of heaven, which means no one is going to have any excuse. There's no excuse that you can put before God at that judgment seat as to why you could not be all that Christ wanted you to be. You have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. All you've got to do is say yes and amen. Let it be by faith. And you can do that this morning. You can do that this morning. You can pray in your heart, but pray earnestly, honestly, honestly. And believe by faith. Just spend this time in the Lord sitting at his feet. Just sit at his feet. Stop thinking what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. I'm going to serve and follow God. Just sit at his feet. Lay your life at his feet. and Let him convict you of sin let his Holy Spirit move in your life and clean you up Father in heaven we thank you Father that you are a good good God Mm -hmm. that all your desire Lord God is for us to love you with all our heart all our mind all our soul and all our strength which isn't much more than what any man desires from other people, to be loved. To be loved and to be loved honestly and sincerely and truthfully. That you desire for us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord God, teach us to be honest with ourselves, to be honest with you, and to worship you in spirit and in truth and to enjoy you, to serve you, to love you with all our life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.